Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store, and you know what time of year it is. It's back-to-school time, and time once again for all of those after-school activities. Whether it's ballet or football, drama or field hockey, band or basketball, kids' feet need to feel good. Those cleats, sneakers, or shoes for band often don't do those young feet any favors. If our kids are going to stay active and healthy, then they need good feet. That means it's also time to take your kids to the Good Feet Store. Yeah, that's right, the young ones, the kids. Bring them into the Good Feet Store and let's treat them to some personal service. Our team members will measure their feet and find the right art support for them. They can still wear the shoes they want, but they will have the support to make them comfortable now and keep their feet healthy for the future. It won't take long and it could change their life. Go to goodfeet.com to make an appointment or just stop by the location nearest you, the Good Feet Store. You know I'm right. Nick Durst here with Joe Calabrese. And Joe, not only is our guest today an American Idol legend, but he's so talented that by the age of 11, he was studying trumpet at Eisenhower Middle School, and he just did not look back. Yeah, he's also had some acting experience. Uh, He's been in a couple of Broadway shows and he currently hosts his own radio show. So we're really, really excited to have him on. And again, anytime that we deviate from the usual sports guests, we always seem to have a really, really good time and something very different here. Very, very different flavor. Uh, We are very happy to introduce Constantine Maroulis. It is quite possibly one of the most fun names I've ever gotten to say. But yes, man, how are you doing today? Boys, thank you for having me. What makes it even more fun is my last name, Marulis or Maruli. It means lettuce in Greek. So that's even <laughs> that's even more fun. So just basically just Constantine lettuce. Uh, if you go to a Greek restaurant and you see the menu and it says Maruli and that's where all like the salads and stuff are. So here you are. Yeah, but you've and had a good job uh, having that lettuce follow you in your life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know what, I definitely the Greek uh, in me, uh, born in Brooklyn, raised in Jersey, you know, that sort of work ethic um, definitely has, uh, has been good to me, you know, and I, I've never been one to uh, settle and I'm always going after it, always hustling. You know, sure, I had like rock star dreams and stuff like that. But for me, it was always like I, I'd rather have like a long sort of slow burn of a career and uh, just look back at like a great body of work that I'm that I'm happy about and proud of. And, you know, a theater geek as a kid, a trumpet player that Bundy is around here somewhere, by the way. Um, it doesn't sound like it used to. And uh, it never does. But uh, I um, yeah, man, you know, for me, I've, I've always prided myself on doing a lot of things, you know, and uh, hopefully I do a few of them pretty well. So. Yeah, I think you're you're gearing up. So phase you a third, my big fat Greek wedding. We'll get we'll get you in it this time. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I, I there is talk of uh, of a of a of a third film. Michael Constantine just died, though. I don't know if you read that. Um, who played the father, right. uh, the Greek father? He's like, do you know the Greeks invented everything? And he chases everyone with the uh, Windex. So he died yesterday, ninety four years old. So Zoismas. And uh, it'll be his memory, but uh, I'm sure they can make a film without that, 
without him if uh, if they if they right. choose to. But yes, I'm available. I'm available. That's the storyline there. So it's, it's writing itself. Yeah. Now, now, Joe, you mentioned, you know, oh, we're not doing sports here, but Constantine has great ties with WFAN. Uh, you always hear his buddy Craig Carton talking about him on, on the show with Evan Roberts. Constantine, how did that friendship begin and how did you really get involved with, with WFAN and their softball team, really? Funny, I, I was talking to Craig actually this morning. Uh, he is one of my dearest friends. I love that guy and he's been through a great deal. And, uh, I, uh, I care about him very much and his family and, uh, he's doing so well and I'm so proud of him really. And, uh, he's such a great dad. And I wish really the listeners knew, I know it's easy to tee off on him, uh, because of what transpired, but he really did do so much for other people, um, out of the kindness of his heart, like what he did for the kids with Tourette, um, was frankly groundbreaking, but, Obviously, there's a connotation to, you know, uh, his charity work and uh, his public persona. But I think he's doing a great job. And I think they're awesome together. The two of them. I love the show. And we were talking this morning because I kind of paddled on Gio, who I don't really know. We've gone back and forth on Twitter or something a time or two. But Gio was kind of uh, taking heat from a caller who was like, you'd be no one without Craig Carton. And you just uh, called him like a low-rent Artie Lang, which I thought was actually really funny. And Boomer was just like, oh, you know, when Boomer just kind of just shuts up and he just allows the other person to take a beating and he's like, I'm not going to say shit right now. Um, But yeah, Craig and I probably started going at it on Twitter some 10 years ago on something, talking, talking smack about Madden and then softball, and he invited me to play, and then we just, like, hit it off. His wife, oddly enough, um, knows a lot of my friends from growing up because she went to college in, like, at Lehigh or one of those Pennsylvania schools where a few, like, deadhead kind of, uh, you know, high school classmates, like, went to college, so they all would go to, like, dead shows and fish shows and stuff like that, so Oddly enough, we have this weird sort of circle of, of connections and uh, he's just a great guy. Yeah. So, you know, he just kind of made me a part of the show. Like I just teeing off on my name and, you know, the idol stuff. And it was just kind of fun over the years. But, um, uh, you know, I got close with Al and them, but we would go, Al and I would go real hard at it with our political views, like off camera and you know, more privately. And uh, I think we kind of, uh, we might have, I might have severed that relationship with uh, some hard hitting uh, commentary with him, but uh, he's a good guy. He's Al, a good guy. Al's a good guy. Listen, he is. Oh, I, I know he is for sure. I'm going to give you a list of the people we've had on this show from WFN. I want you to guess oh. who had the most viewers or listeners. We had Craig on in his first interview since he returned, which was big for us. We had on Evan, we had on Gio, we had on Moose. We had on Jerry Rucco, and we had on Al Dukes. Who, who do you think got the most listeners out of that group? Well, the, I can tell by the way you set it up that it's probably Al Dukes, yeah. oddly yeah. enough. Yeah. No, and, uh, and yeah, people do love Al for sure. Uh, he's awesome. And th- what the four or five of them did for a decade together 
um, was just amazing, you know, and uh, so organic the way the whole thing kind of came about. Like no one would have ever, no one would have ever thought like Jerry Recco would be an on-camera type of, uh, you know, uh, contributor. But Craig kind of made him one by by, you know, constantly interrupting him and the sort of organ organic nature of that. And and frankly, yeah, you know, um, uh, of course, the program director, you know, that put them all together uh, deserves his kudos. And he had a great run there. And I'm a big fan, man. You know, I grew up a huge sports fan. The Yankees are my my blood, you know, and my Giants. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I grew up loving Jordan so much that I, I look, I was a fan of the Nets and the Knicks, uh, but they I just didn't gravitate towards those Ewing Knicks and um you know what Chris Morris in the in the 80s you know with the Nets I they were they were terrible and finally you know when they started getting some draft picks but I saw Jordan play at Brendan Byrne Arena in like 1986 you know what his first or second year and it was over it was just oh my god who is this Spider-Man who is this guy and, you know, because, again, it was 100 years ago. We didn't have, like, the Internet. We didn't have the cable constantly, like, you know, with, with, with the way the players are today. So there was this mythical sort of element to it. And I just gravitated to those bulls. Like, they get Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen. You know, they make the trade with Cartwright. You must love the Last Dance documentary. Oh, my God. I was waiting <laughs> for that for years. Like, I, I've watched it probably three times. Um, I didn't want it to end. I didn't want it to end. I mean, that was just my era, for sure, with basketball. I love basketball, but I feel like post-Jordan, um, you know, I watch, and, and, and I like LeBron, and I liked Kobe and all them, but I just don't have, like, a passion for it. I, I'm rooting for these Brooklyn Knicks, uh, Brooklyn Nets, and this new Knicks team. Um, but, and Giannis as a Greek is hard to not pull for as well. <laughs> I was, you know, I was Nick's a huge I got, Giannis fan. <laughs> you know, Giannis, come on. I mean, he's so humble and everyone doubted him. And yeah, he ran into a, a really depleted Nets team um, to get to the finals. But yo, he's just, um, he's so incredible. You know, the guy only started playing what, like six years ago, you know, he, he is an interesting story. And we, the, we Greeks really do claim him, you know, for sure. He he's very prideful of his Greek heritage, you know, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he basically did a, a big, you know, the first two letters on your, on your hat to uh, the super teams. So yeah, you, yeah. He signed the max, he stayed there and, uh, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. And that was, that was great you know, to see. One of the founding uh, owners of the Bucks, Dr. Corkett, uh, an incredible guy. You can read up on him. He passed away this year, like in the, in the early stages of the season. As you know, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the bubble season last year and quick turnaround, you know, um, this season came upon us so quickly and, it's a shame because he was there from the beginning with the Bucks. I'm talking about like, you know, Lou Alcindor's and, and all of that. He was one of the most prominent um, plastic surgeons in the country, a true pioneer, actually like worth like hundreds of millions of dollars because he, he like patented all these plastic surgery techniques and stuff. Anyway, 
I got to know him. He's, he's a, a leader in the Greek community and his like connection with Giannis. And you can read up on Giannis, how he speaks on uh, Dr. Korkis. I was so sad that Dr. Korkis didn't see them win with Giannis. He died early on in the season and the books did all this stuff, but he, he was a modest, humble guy. And, uh, Anyway, you know, hopefully they can keep on winning because it's, it, it, you know, it's nice to see for sure. Yeah, definitely have no interest in seeing the Lakers or the Nets win an NBA championship. Uh, in the area, yeah. though, Constantine, nobody cares about the Nets in New York or New Jersey. Um, they're more, the Nets are more popular in South Dakota than they are in New York. It's sad. Um, I got to say this. I've done a lot at Barclays. Um, the venue is incredible. It's an incredible venue. It's really I nice love Oh, it's so nice. Great the rebrand. <laughs> it, it was great for hockey. I did the anthem a bunch for the Islanders. Um, the freaking psychotic fans for the Islanders there. Um, but it, it still didn't fit. Like it was great when it was packed, but it didn't fit, right? There was something it didn't feel right. Um, them playing in Brooklyn as opposed to Nassau Coliseum. And, uh, but. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. And I've shared before how I love an organization called TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Recently, we invited some TAPS family members who had lost a military loved one to have dinner with us. As we listened to their stories, I was reminded again of how the loss of a military loved one is such a devastating experience. Not only is the loved one gone, but often they lose their military community, and sometimes an entire lifestyle. My heart was sad over their grief, yet my spirit was inspired by their courage. Then to top it off, I was amazed at their graciousness as they thanked us for just listening. At the Goodfeet Store, we love helping you get out of pain and back into the life you love, and we love supporting the work of TAPS. Come in today for your free fitting and test walk and ask any of our team members why TAPS is an organization that every American can support. Visit goodfeet.com for the location nearest you. You know, the Nets rebrand, you know, dating back a few years, they get the big Russian owner and the Jay-Z stuff and, you know, the cool uniforms and they get, you know, a bunch of the free A's, they trade away their, their team. I think they would have been more likable if uh, they kept that, um, uh, Russell team together you know like that team had like a vibe and they were really likable and and you go to the games and you're like people are into this team you know they were like 10 guys deep and they were fun but then you know it's hard to not go after Durant and Irving I remember that I, I I sang the anthem the last game of the season um the season before, I guess, would have, would have been the bubble. And, and Kyrie sat out and everyone wanted to see Kyrie. And he comes running out like five minutes into the game and goes and sits on the bench. Um, he was, I guess, on the Celtics at the time, right? And, uh, uh, and you could, he really does have a lot of star power. So they just, they loved him. But I'm like, dude, is he really that much better than Russell? And... Um, you know, everything sort of changed after that. And I don't know. It, it's a bummer. I, I don't know why that is, but, uh, you know, I, maybe if they can stay healthy, people would get into it. A championship run would, would, would help for sure. But the Nets have always been, 
the sort of like wicked sister to the Knicks. Like if the Knicks could have success, you could own New York if you could come and win at MSG. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, you know? Yeah, I feel like the Randall Knicks kind of have the similar vibe than the, the Russell Nets and what you were describing. But uh, you briefly mentioned that you, you did the, the anthem for the Islanders, too. And I know you've also done the anthem for the Yankees. So what other teams in the area have you done the anthem for? And which ones are you waiting for uh, to call? <laughs> Hello. Um, I've done them all. I've done all, everything from the U.S. Open to the, every event at MSG from uh, Knicks and Rangers, um, playoffs. Uh, you know, doing um, the home opener at Yankee Stadium. Um, probably, actually, I remember it was right after the school shooting in Connecticut in, um, um, oh, shit, in, in Newtown, was it? Um, Sandy Hook, uh, I think. Sandy Hook. Yeah. Sandy Hook some eight, nine years ago. And I remember that was like right before um, the Yankee home opener and I was about to open another show on Broadway Jekyll and Hyde at the time and it was Yanks Sox home opener day you know opening day and that that was big because it was just you know 55,000 people there such a solemn uh moment of silence before I did the anthem and it was very impactful uh, to me and I've had some I've had some funny ones um over the years too I not funny in a, in a, in a, in a good way. I, I did the Patriots, um, at Gillette, um, probably a decade ago, height of Tom Brady's championships, the Belichick years, everything, uh, long story short, they, they have you do like a, 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 a run through, right. Uh, in during like, and the guys are warming up and you feel stupid. You're like, really going to do like, am I going to really just like bang out the anthem? Like, belting like oh say like right now in like a quiet stadium while these guys are warming up so embarrassing so awkward I, I don't even need a sound check like I can just wail that shit anytime like that's my favorite and most connected song to sing but of course I do and I kind of mark my way through it and sure enough like as you know in in the warm-up there's some fans there so in in uh the Patriots end zone, there's like fans that have like come down to the first row, but you know, it's still like a 10 foot sort of wall, right? Um, in the end zone where they're like trying to get autographs. I remember it was like Ocinco, like they, cause they, uh, he, they were playing the Bengals at home, Carson Palmer, those, those years. Sure enough, a big commotion happens amongst the 50 or 60 fans that are huddled into this corner. This giant man, like 400 pound man, not very tall. He is lifted from the first row down onto the field into the end zone, lifeless, flat, dead. Okay, they're working on him, the EMTs. This dude has a massive cardiac arrest in the stands and he's there with his like five-year-old son. Dude dies. They're like running around him like Ocho Cinco's like catching, you know, balls in the end zone. This is an insane event. This is 10, 20 feet away from me, right? And I remember reading about it in the paper and it was so sad. 
Um, and the dude like got hyped up and he was like probably like pounding like sausage and peppers, like who knows? Um, dude totally died. I see Tom Brady at this big watch event um, like months later. Um, and I'm six foot three. He's a massive guy. Yeah. When you meet him in person, he's huge. He's got to be six, five plus. He's just a, a huge dude. Right. And we all kind of like, oh, he's goofy and white. Uh, he's not like small man. He will crush you. And uh, and, you know, it's like, what do you talk to Tom Brady about? Right. Uh, so we're at like this Sharon Constantine, like, you know, these watches are like three hundred thousand dollars and stuff. Um, and, uh, I was like, so I sang the anthem at that, uh, one of your home openers. And remember when that guy died and he's like, holy shit, I remember that. Like gave us something to talk about, but totally weird. So anyway, that's my story and three viewers, sorry. Um, I, uh, but that was, that was an, an insane event. You can look that up. I mean, the dude died. I've never seen someone just like die in front of me like that and they worked on him 30 minutes in the end zone dude dude never recovered it was sad, it's sad. maybe it's my war maybe it was my warm-up i no, knew i, I should have committed I to it i, I should have hit all the notes i shouldn't have just marked my way through it damn it i think what we anyway. need to see constantine do joe is we got to see constantine performing america the beautiful at wrestlemania one year what do you think joe oh i, I totally agree with that that's a good idea that's a good one. I've never now, done a now you put event. it now you put it in his head. Yeah, um, they don't do the national anthem. They do America the Beautiful. Tell they do why, America yeah. the Beautiful. I wrestle. I like because, that. Uh, Mr. Vincent Kennedy. America. The yeah. He uh, he thinks America the Beautiful is the better song and the more beautiful song. And I mean, it's in the title, and I he's got a point. I mean, everybody else does the anthem. Uh, Have you so, ever heard the other verse of the anthem? No. So there's this other verse. I only know this because my senior year of high school, I, uh, we learned this like beautiful arrangement and there was this whole other verse that I was like, what? And, uh, and it's, uh, it's the same melody. Um, but still we can see how the years have gone by. There's a dream in our land, like a flame that keeps burning. Uh, and yet it's our star-spangled banner, yet way. Something like that. It, it oh, goes wow. to that second wow. ending. I've never heard yeah. of that before. I never did either, but this is like, you know, 100 years ago, high school. And it goes even on um, a little bit more than that. Yeah. I don't know if that was like an adaption or if the writer whose name escapes me, um, if he wrote those lyrics i assume he did though but anyway so constantine joe he's a big sports betting guy he loves his super bowl prop bets i'm just wondering if you ever had the opportunity to sing the national anthem at a super bowl are you going over or are you going under the, the time limit? i assume you want to get the most out of it with the spotlight well I, I will say this this is not a, a, a well-kept secret but even the whitney houston legendary iconic performance of the anthem was pre-taped like no one wants to believe that wow. because she's so on point with the lip syncing and because what she's doing is she's actually singing over but it, it was pre-recorded 
the track was pre-recorded because guys, even 30 years ago, there's no way to cue the jets, the, the instruments, the fireworks, the stuff, unless you know exactly how it's going to time out. Right. And by the way, like she was playing to a, over a pre-recorded track, there was a track playing of the orchestra. I don't even believe they were there. If so, they're, they're, they're playing, but they're just kind of miming along to, to it. So it's so rare that a huge performance like that is, is not pre-taped. Yeah. So, um, you know, Beyonce uh, at, at the uh, Obama inauguration, I think the second time, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it was clearly pre-taped like she's again she's singing over it but it's so so a lot of people know how it's going to time out if you know what i mean even the most inner circle of people there's definitely a few dozen people that production wise know how it's going to time out now it could still linger a second or two or whatever but um, or the track could be slow to come up, right? If there's an instrumental lead in. Now, I don't mean to be like all music nerd on you, but those are the facts. Now, people want to argue, no way, Whitney sang it. Whitney, notoriously, one of the biggest pop voices of all time, goddess, amazing, you know, but she was notorious for not singing live really that well right like because she liked party and you know her voice wouldn't always be on point and all this stuff right um but for many years she was just so gifted her instrument was so pure that she could just wake up and belt that shit to be fine but as you know she got more and more famous and had to play like every single night and all these events and all this talking and all this shit that's why you hear in interviews she's always like raspy because, you know, the instrument needs to just shut down, you know, to really stay on that level. So anyway, I, I would probably take the over because my shit is like a little drawn <laughs> out, right? <laughs> and I, yeah. I like doing it acapella, you know, like, yeah. so I, I, and I don't need like a pitch pipe. Like rock I rock and roll, I man. Rock and roll. Over, over. Hey, Jen, we need to sell our home. Do you know a great agent? I do. We just sold with a local Redfin agent. It was awesome. And we paid a 1% listing fee because we bought our new home with Redfin, too. Wow, 1%. Our Redfin agent's full service? Totally. Our Redfin agent did it all, and we sold for thousands more than the home next door. I'll check out Redfin today. 1% listing fee when purchasing with Redfin subject to minimums, terms, and conditions. Does not include buyer's agent commission. Learn more at redfin.com or call 844-759-7732. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. You know, it's they, they a lot of places they do fake it, but you know, I was appalled. Joe and I and a few of our friends, we went to see the Mets at Phillies game early August. Of course, we had cheesesteaks first, but they say, "Oh, please rise for the national anthem." It's ninety degrees, and they go they should go to a video, 
This guy's wearing a scarf and a peacoat. I'm like, he's not here. There's nobody here. There's nobody in the stadium wearing a scarf and peacoat at 90 degrees. I'm looking all around for somebody singing. There's nobody on the field. It was just a pure record. How do you, that, that was the worst fake ever. So I was so mad, Joe, as I was telling you, this is ridiculous. Yeah, but I don't think they're trying to fool anyone. Like it's like no. when the Yankees play Robert, uh, Robert Miller or whatever, the opera singer, uh, when he would, when he would go, oh, say, can you see? you know and he would go on through it like they would you know when when it's not a day on the schedule where they have a live performer sometimes it's just easy to go right to it that clearly with the shutdown with covid with the protocols they were like yeah no uh, saliva sharing today and microphones and like that so uh but they probably weren't trying to fool you now okay okay so when uh you go to philly now, do you guys like represent like Mets and stuff, or, or are you? He was just, wearing. Like, he was of... wearing like. He, he was wearing FDNY. I was wearing my Mets shirt and hat. And do you get catch any shit? Because they could be real uh, crazy. Over the there. only time I caught shit was I went to the NHL Winter Classic there. I was wearing my Rangers stuff, um, and the Rangers won the game against the Flyers at Citizens Bank Park, and I was getting pushed around in the parking lot. Uh, it was so cold that both of my contacts popped out, so I couldn't see anything. It was pretty frightening. It was it really was. They're vicious. No, they're, I think for the Flyers, Flyers and the Bruins in Boston, like that level of psychotic fan is like not the fan I want to, you know, mess with. Because I went to college in Boston. I went to the Boston Conservatory, Berkeley College of Music. And now I'm there in like the late 90s into early 2000s. Yankees are, you know, full dynasty at this point, right? So um, I, I probably went to 20 games at Fenway at least. And I saw them clinch, you know, you know the strawberry, you know, yes, um, to go uh, to, to the, go the Mets uh, in, in the World Series in 2000. I saw like the 98 team there, the, you know, the juggernaut. And you don't want to mess with these people. I mean, I remember seeing Roger Clemens, his, his first game back. Of all the, what, what, did, uh, what, did, what did Susan? Of all the, uh, of all the dramatic things. Roger Clemens is in George Steinberg's box. Of all the dramatic things, uh, Craigie loves that. And um, <laughs> so his first game back at anyway, um, if you remember, dude gave up like 20 runs in the first, like two, they literally lost like 20 to two, something insane like that. They chased him out like after two innings, 10 runs, like all earned. They, they chased him out of Fenway. But he ended up being really good for the Yankees, you know, HGH or not. He was pretty solid competitor for the Yanks. But so I was at that game. I remember there was like a big Nomar game, maybe like Nomar's last game there. And the Yankees beat them 20 to 2. I was at so many random games. Um, I was there a few times this year because I'm playing in this band that that has tons of shows throughout the Boston and New England area, Foreigner's Journey get to that uh so i saw you know yanks when they were struggling the oh, first time around and they just couldn't beat boston the, earlier this summer and they lost like four straight at fenway like degraded in every game 
And I'm there. I know not to wear like a Yankees jersey with me with my long hair. People already want to fight me. And um, <laughs> and uh, man, the the abuse some of these Yankee fans were taking. But when you're walking in, you're like, okay, there's a lot of Yankee fans here. Just like just like there's a lot of Sox fans at Yankee games. Um, you're like, okay, I'll be all right. You know, this is okay. But then you get in the stands and there's like one Yankee. I, I, I don't know where they go, where they disappear to, but uh, there's no support there. Like people are just taking support, like taking, taking hell, man. Taking, taking just shrapnel. Yeah. Listen, I'd and be- now they're free falling again. The Yankees are uh, uh, miserable. I'm miserable. Yesterday was. Uh, I, you got to love the Blue Jays. I mean, of hold course, on. Like, they're going to have problems holding on. It's the oh, three, yeah. It's, it's going to be two of those three teams. The, the, will they be able to hold on? That's the question. No. The answer is no. I said it earlier here, season over. And, yes, that was a wonderful run. And you could see the um, potential of what the team can be when healthy when they're all hot at the same time. You know, they've gotten, actually, up till recently, pretty good pitching. Starting pitching has not been the issue, really. You know, and I mean, Chapman was probably the best he's ever been in a, what, 10 plus year career. The first two months of the season, unbelievable. And then I don't know what happened to the guy. They got, and the, New York has the two worst closers in baseball. Chapman <laughs> Evan Diaz. Absolute uh, uh, gas tank. He that. was throwing, he was, when he found this like sinker, this new pitch this year, 103 and then he could like go into like you know mid to high 90s on like a on a on a slider he was unhittable for two months of the season it was crazy and then he just completely you know he got hurt the first time and then he's just never been the same um you know green Uh, obviously i like johnny lasagna luizica but he's out you know a couple of these guys have stepped up but there's no bullpen you they're giving up so many home runs. Heaney, I mean, I get why they liked him, but he can never pitch again in a Yankees game. Like, it just he can never he, pitch. He may never be allowed in New York. Again. That's, that's right. I mean, he made Sonny Gray look like, uh, yeah. you know, Warren Spahn. Um, you know, and uh, just a guy that just uh, unbelievable, like just so many home runs. Like, you can never... And, and Gilles last night, you know, did what he could. He walked the ballpark. Uh, you know, they missed Severino. And, and everyone wants to blame Cashman and, and the manager. I really don't. I think they have the players. They have the staff. They have the people. Sure, you know, Clint Frazier was supposed to be, like, really good. He's not. Um, you know, Torres is supposed to be really good. He's not. LeMayu has been okay. But I'm Aaron Hicks. Had... That guy sucked. Fuck. Can't stay healthy. You know, and then, and then they get these young guys to come up and they start producing and then they send them all away. I get it. The major league clock and, you know, the this and that and the, and the politics of that. But how do you take that guy, you know, Greg Adams or whatever, Greg Allen, whatever the fuck his name was. Like, how do you take him out of the lineup, you know, ever? That guy was, like, bringing excitement to the team. I don't know. It's did over. You, Constantine, did, it you play, over. did you play baseball growing up? I played all sports. I mean, I was never, like, the best guy on the team or anything. But I, I played a little of everything. I played um, 
you know, I left Brooklyn and started grade school out here in New Jersey. Um, I moved back to New Jersey to the town I grew up in to raise my daughter here. Uh, the 10 year old, like I said, she started fifth grade. Um, all I was in the pre uh, chat, but um, today uh, was the first day of school. So uh, I grew up playing soccer and baseball and basketball. And then like what, fourth grade, I started football. So it was football, like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth until like freshman year. And then I was like, I'm good. Uh, it was I, my high school, like Chris Sims went to my high school. Like it's like a nationally. Ah, like, wow. football team. Nick, Nick knows Chris Sims. Chris is a great guy. And he like, I'm a little older than him, but he like, if you could have seen him play in high school, that team, I mean, they were like a nationally ranked team and they have been ever since. He was the highest recruited high school athlete yeah. of all time at the time. He had, he was so dominant. He was so good. Um, unbelievable. He, I was like, this guy's going to be better than his dad. No doubt. I think he ended up, you know, we chatted about it. Lost the spleen. Well, he went to the wrong college. I think to start. He should have went to Rutgers. They well, that would have been awesome. And and by the way, the coach at the time is the coach now again. He oh, yeah. went to Ramapo High School. Uh, she, uh, yeah, uh, no. Rob Chiano. Greg Chiano. He he went to Greg Chiano. He went to Ramapo High School like with my brother and sister, and uh, he was an animal. Um, and. He was the Rutgers guy and the athletic director at the time was a Ramapo graduate, big Ramapo right. athlete. Um, Tim Pernetti, who's gone on to be like, you know, he, he was doing the it's IMG um, or something right now. IMG. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a big dude. So um, his, yeah, Chris, all the Chris told me that like, he was so heavily recruited that Rutgers came to do their team practice at your high school. They wanted to do, they took, they brought the whole team there to recruit him. He was like, eh, I'm going to go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was gonna go to he at first committed to Tennessee, I believe, right? And then he switched last minute and went to Texas. But Major Applewhite was there. Yeah, was like, oh, he hates Major Applewhite. Ah, oh, can't. But Major it. Applewhite w didn't couldn't shine Chris's shoes as far as like skills. But he was a Heisman like candidate like the year before, and you know now that I I see. Um, I, I have a different eye for football, like ever since in college, you grow up in Jersey. You're not a big college fan, yeah, to be honest. Right. You know, you just, you know how it is. And New York, you're like, okay, I, I guess I watched watching Notre Dame because like they were on TV every week yeah, and they had like right. big stars and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, these, these colleges bring in like four top nationally ranked quarterbacks and three of them sit. You know, and it's like, it's crazy. So he went to the wrong school. And then, you know, I, I think, um, he, you know, he never won the big game, right. but he was so good in college. And it's and wild that he, you, you and him go to the same school and you're both good friends with Craig Carton. I know. Yeah, it's There's such a, a small good pictures world. of us out there. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I and mean, he's blown up. He's so good it's at his job. Man. But honestly, his he was such a football player. He was so fucking good. Yeah. And like, I would have loved to have seen him stay healthy. I think, you know, what's his name? Um, uh, Chucky there uh, at, in Tampa Bay. Gruden. Kind of in Gruden inherited uh, Chris and they didn't, they didn't jive. They didn't Did jive. Did you hear the so, story that uh, 
Chris Sims asked to be the, the second ever bachelor. Uh, and John Gurdon said, don't you even think about it. You will not fight in my team. So he turned it down and then Jesse Palmer did it. And his, his career took off uh, just wild, wild stuff. So Constantine, well, we, gotta, we gotta, I think we gotta get, Joe, we gotta get Constantine our men's softball team. Yeah, we let's go, let's go. I, I sort of retired. Uh, there's actually like an ads league out here in the suburbs. These guys take it. You think Craig takes it serious? These guys are like full out. And I'm like, okay, I don't need like a knee injury right now in my 40s. Okay, I don't need like calf. I don't need to like, I don't need to like tear a calf muscle. You know, and like, and, and be like a soccer dad, like, you know, walking around in a, in a boot right now. Okay. Right. I got like gigs to do and stuff. Um, so, you know, it's like, you want to play and you want to do it, but these guys are like full out, like sliding. I'm like, all right. Uh, and I, I, again, I play sports, but you know, yeah, it, gets competitive. Like, it but, gets competitive, but I'm cool. I'm cool to play for sure. Uh, you know, people, and, and it's like, oh, I haven't sprinted 60 feet in, you know, a year so it's like all of a sudden you take off out of the batter's box you're like oh the hamstring the hammy you know yeah. how those hands are ask a galladay oh yeah well, absolutely but now, yeah but i'm down let's play all right let's we're gonna get we're gonna get constantine and unmighty Joe. we're gonna get he's gonna come to Staten island and we'll, we'll see him on saturdays look forward well, to that my buddy you know go, going i know we'll get a chance to talk about my radio show but the um the the um John Smitidis, you know, billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he bought the Staten Island. He's, he's bringing baseball back to Staten Island. So it's a big deal, you know. He's pumping tons. Uh, of I wish cash he was into that place. I wish he would have been the mayor. Yeah, you know, you know what it is. Um, he could do anything he wants to do, and like you know, the the radio station. He's buying up all these radio stations and like building this media group. It's like fun for him. Uh, and the guy. He, he's such an interesting guy, um, although like, you know, he really backed the Trump train. And that was interesting to me because like he's always been a middle of the road kind of guy. Um, so uh, but John, he lives and this is common knowledge. He lives in the same apartment he's rented since like the 70s on Central Park. Now, it's a penthouse. OK, but he's wow. rented this. place. He could buy the entire block and, and like, you know have uh, uh, homeless people live in there if he wanted to. But this is the kind of guy he is. Like he, he still lives in the rental because that's like home to him. That's just where he wants to live. He still rents it like for, for 40 years. Like it's a penthouse, but it looks like 1979 in there still. And, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy, he'll have a driver, but he'll sit front seat. Like he's just like the billionaire from the block. So what he's going to do Staten Island is, is going to be amazing. They're going to bring, and I'm hoping to be a part of it, yeah, I'm hoping that yeah, we're hoping you are part of it. <laughs> concerts and you know, huge events and yeah, we need we need a venue like that. We don't really yeah. have venues like that. I mean, we have really nice like bars and, and areas yeah. like that and a lot of really great Italian restaurants and, and Nick will test yeah. the Italian food, but we don't really have our own facility, our own concert venue, place where we could go to music and stuff like that. It's everywhere right. else, but it's not here. Staten Island, baby. You know, it's just uh because yeah, it's, it's, you know, it is, it's its own thing, Staten Island, for sure. I have some cousins that live out there. What Prince's Bay is it? Oh yeah. Um, That's where I live. Yeah. They're over there. Yeah. And uh, the uh, Andrew Economos, actually my first cousin and his family live there. And actually his brother, my first cousin, Gus, 
uh, we lost uh, uh, 20 years ago tomorrow in uh, in 9-11 in uh, the South Tower. So we, uh, you know, we lost him. I can't believe it's been 20 years, not to bring the, uh, the uh-huh. conversation to a melancholy place, but uh, it's like we, we can't forget, you know, and uh, but he made his um, his. Um, family life out there you know married a satin island girl and so they they've been out there but for sure it's uh its own thing yeah for sure it's funny uh when when i run into satin island people down the shore it's like it's easier for them to go down the new jersey shore that's, that's than... joe he's at djs every weekend <laughs> djs yeah <laughs> well i i you that's know, exactly I, what i do yeah yeah I, I like i like other places too i really like i love point pleasant i love being on the by Jenks over there on the boardwalk. I think that's a place that's amazing. And there are Asbury. some places that we like. Asbury's great. Asbury's amazing. Tom's River is a really, really nice area. Yeah, Tom's and- River got de- decimated by by Sandy, and they've come back big time. You know, right. a lot of a lot of Staten Island people are buying um, shore houses in, in Tom's River. That's why I know you you know that that place well. And there's and good baseball. And I, and a lot of good to, baseball there. I need to mention oh, yeah, Madison. Tom Frazier. Yeah, Frazier's from there. And I think they even have like a team there. There's they're like some sort of like uh, professional affiliate. There's an indie team there, I think. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm excited. About it. I think I think you know Carton's trying to do a show from DJs next year. I'm sure you'll be singing at it. Uh, and Joe's going to be there. I mean, this is even just... um, Atlantic City. I couldn't believe it. I did the uh, the Miss America jersey thing this uh, um, earlier this summer. It was, Pretty great. I actually took it very seriously, fellas. I'm very serious about my judging. Okay, and uh, there were some amazing women, and uh, amazing. They were amazing. And uh, actually, our our winner is competing at Miss America right now, Alyssa Sullivan. So shout out to her. She's a great girl. And uh, so I got to be down in Atlantic City for the first time for like a couple of weeks. And it's always been like uh, AC is a little grimy for me. It's gross. <laughs> it, it is gross because I don't gamble. I don't drink. I don't smoke. And, um, but there are some nice pockets. AC is coming around. They had fish down there this summer. Um, yeah. Hard rock is amazing. I played there a bunch now. Yeah, I went, um, I went over Labor Day weekend to AC and I went to the hard rock buffet and it was, it was a good time. I go to Atlantic City to eat. I go to eat. The place. Go to eat. Uh, there's actually great music. But outside of the casinos, there's some little pockets. Like you meet the locals. There's like trendy little spots popping up. I met this Italian girl and uh, her family's like, you know, opening up great trendy restaurants left and right. I'm like, wow. Over on Tennessee, there's a there's a street that goes right to the beach, to ocean uh, ocean there um, called Tennessee. She's got one after the other. They're opening all these places. They're opening a big concert venue and open air concert venue that'll be open next year. So AC is kind of popping. I was like, all right, all right. It's a little far for me, but, uh, I'm an Asbury, Asbury guy. I like, um, I like ocean Grove next door. I like, you know, Al Dukes. I'll go, yeah, yeah. you know, Brad, Al Dukes Bradley is the mayor Davis. over there. Not, not here. <laughs> Of course he lives there in like a condo. It's so funny. He's got like three pieces of furniture. He's like, that's good. Um, yeah, but he's got this no. wonderful um, partner and, and girlfriend, Gina, I've gotten to uh, meet over the years. And uh, he's, a, he's a lucky guy, but she loves him. So yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned your time up in Boston. So I got to ask you about your time on Elimidate. 
your first uh, little foray into reality TV. Uh, was there a casting call for that or somebody approached you? How'd you end up on that ship? Dude, oh my God. We're talking like 1999, 2000. I uh, was in Boston. Um, you know, I went to um, study acting and music and uh, theater and dance and directing and all that at the conservatory. And I was uh, taking all these classes at Berkeley College of Music. Now the schools have merged. Um, so I was like really immersed in my work and I was auditioning for professional things outside of school constantly. So this one agency like I had met, they would call me for like stupid like commercial things or, you know, it's Boston. Like you have an agent in Boston. I mean, like, come on, that's not like a real thing, is it? Um, at least people that know no, it's not a real thing. So she's like, oh, you're perfect for this thing. It's kind of like real world, but it's dating. And it's, um, you, you weren't throwing the word reality show around yet in like 99, 2000. You know, like that wasn't really like a coined phrase, I don't think. Maybe it was, I don't know. So really, the only like, reality show is the real world. And that was totally was real world. That's why, that's why she called it, you know, use that as a reference. Cause I was like, real world? I'm so I'm gonna live in a house. So part of it was kind of exciting. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, TV, let's, let's, let's do it. I had a plan already. Like I was going to go to Boston. I was going to showcase, get an agent, go to Williamstown, which is like this prestigious theater apprenticeship. I, um, and I was going to book rent and I'm going to star in rent. I'm going to start a band, all that shit I did. Except I didn't showcase because 9-11 uh, in my senior year and fucked my head up and all this. The couple of years before, yes. So eliminate. So I go on this like casting and they love me, right? Like they're like, oh, we want you on the show. And I was like, what is the show? I call my my like roommates or my friends up and they're like, eliminate. That's our favorite show. It's on at like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, what? They're like, you have to do it. You have to do it. Just go on there and like fucking get wasted and like just and screw around and like just make a joke out of it. And I was like, uh all right but i'm like i want to be the guy where the girls like go after i don't want to be one of the guys they're like no 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 just do whatever do whatever so i go and i tape the show first of all the girl is like this pretty hot greek girl so i'm like all right it's a wrap her name is teen costandina is my name costandino she's costandina she's like a hot greek girl and um, it was like in the middle of the winter. They're like feeding us Long Island iced teas. I'm like wasted like an hour after being on set. I'm like drunk. Okay, I'm taking my shirt off. Like I don't even have hair on my chest at the time. It's like I, I, I'm ice skating, like doing the Will Ferrell, like I pretending like I don't know how to skate. I'm like, I'm like, you know, doing like the swan on the ice. I make a total fool of myself. Of course I win. Uh, the other guys had no chance, and they were like, "Look, he's gay." That's all they could say. They're like, "He's gay. <laughs> the guy's gay. Look, he's gay." So I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gay, right?" And um, I'm very, I'm very secure in my my feminine side. So, um, and I'm like, you know what that means when you call someone gay? That means you're gay, by the way. All right, read a psychology book. Okay, and um... hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. And I've shared before how I love an organization called TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Recently, we invited some TAPS family members who had lost a military loved one to have dinner with us. 
As we listen to their stories, I was reminded again of how the loss of a military loved one is such a devastating experience. Not only is the loved one gone, but often they lose their military community, and sometimes an entire lifestyle. My heart was sad over their grief, yet my spirit was inspired by their courage. Then to top it off, I was amazed at their graciousness as they thanked us for just listening. At the Good Feet Store, we love helping you get out of pain and back into the life you love, and we love supporting the work of TAPS. Come in today for your free fitting and test walk and ask any of our team members why TAPS is an organization that every American can support. Visit goodfeet.com for the location nearest you. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. So it was awesome. And I did it all for friends. I kept saying, like, Deuce. Deuce was like our gang, like our stupid, like, funny, ironic gang at school. If you remember that movie, uh, South Central. Remember that, like, low-rent gang movie in the 90s, South Central? With the Central. Wayne Brothers. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, no, it wasn't that one. It was called, it wasn't that one. That came after. I might be, it might be. That the, was no, like was the, South- the spoof of it spoof of it right. right so south central was the one was like this is deuces you know we right. deuce and and so we were like yeah we're deuce like we would pretend like we had a gang like a bunch of like musical theater guys like total dork we're like deuce so anyway my you see my friend in the background as she announces that i'm the winner and i'm wasted i'm like i won and they're screaming up and down it was like the best moment and of course when i was on american idol they played that shit like every night. They're like, another episode with Constantine. <laughs> and it's haunted me ever since. But it's pretty great. Uh, that was a good show. I should bring that show back and like be the host of it now. Or yeah, something. I think. Absolutely. Contact uh, your agent. Uh, maybe. You can turn it into a, a YouTube exclusive series. John Katzmatidis, producer. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Oh, Joe Joe's the first episode. The girls are coming for death. Hell yeah, hell yeah. We'll get some, uh, they, you know, some girls that know how to make the sausage nice. You know what I mean? Some real Staten Island. <laughs> Sunday sauce. Wait, they can't, come from, they can't come from DJs. I'm done with DJs, girls. None I'm of them, yeah. That's it. I like, it's funny, like the Guido sort of stereotype is like evolved over the years, but has it? Has it really? Has um, it? It's, it's funny, when I, after all the American Idol stuff, like I had a deal actually at, at Viacom and I was like pitching shows and stuff like that early on. Um, like I had this thing at ABC with, with Kelsey Grammer and I was, I had done, uh, MTV had this short-lived show called The Little Talent Show, which was kind of mean to be honest. Like, like they actually had, um, they had like people that were, had, like thought they had talent and they were really bad. And like, we would kind of be like, oh, you're so good. You're making it to the next round. And it was kind of just me, to be honest. So it was kind of short lived. But um, at the time, you know, the uh, the head of, uh, of MTV, like she like really liked me and stuff. So I was like pitching shows. I pitched a Jersey Shore Guido show in like 2005. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did. Okay. I also pitched a, uh, um, uh, a drag queen uh, competition show. Wow. Which ended up where? On VH1 eventually. So believe me, these ideas never end up leaving the walls. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And then five years later, you're like, wait a second. That happened to me with this Cat McPhee show on uh, on Netflix. It was short-lived, the scripted show, uh, um, Southern Comfort or something like that. That was a show I had works back in the day. And all of a sudden, they regurgitated it, sprinkled a little Nashville feel on it. And uh, it was, and they plugged in a different American Idol, um, and but that's that's showbiz, baby. It ain't show friends, it's showbiz. But I still love Jersey Shore. I think that's ah, like one of the incredible. good. It's the best still show really good. I watch it. Yeah, yeah. But now the Guido has like now the Guido's like a little bit more dressed up, but like still got like the distinct. And believe me, Greeks. There's plenty of Guido. Guidos, Guido. okay, a lot, a lot of Greekos, a lot of Greek, Greek Guidos, plenty. I grew up with them with the Cavaree cheese, forget it. Um, so uh, we we can smell our own for sure. But there's like an evolution, like the, the line outside of uh, DJs is like, uh, it's basically the same line since like 1983, um, but it, it's like only like, there's a slight evolution to it, it's funny. It's incredible. Uh, Joe, Joe yeah. knows it very well. He's always there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, American Idol, if I asked you, can you name somebody who's been on the show since it went to ABC and say no? Uh, what What do you think Idol can do? That's not to, true, though. That's not uh, you true. You know people? I, I can't name anybody. Oh, okay, let me let me see if you know. Okay, you know that song. Um, okay. I think they've made a a great transition to ABC. Now, dude, when I was on the show, 30 million people a night, three nights a week, it, it was on from like January to June. It, it was a juggernaut. It was a different world. Um, there's no, you know, whatever they get, five, 10 million people a night to watch it now. Um, I still think the show's really good. I still think it's a good opportunity for people. You have to take the opportunity and turn it into something. I turned it into Rock of Ages, you know? Like that was my Jesus take the wheel, right? Um, but Alejandro, that guy, scary pool party, remember him? He came oh. on the show. He's, he's like playing like big festivals. He's, he's kind of a major touring act. Um, scary pool party is, is, is his band name, but he's, he's Alejandro. Gabby Barrett. She has a hit, a big hit actually with Charlie Puth. Uh, and then I hope cheats like he did on Oh, I know. I do know that song. Yeah, yeah that's Gabby Barrett from like wow. two, three years ago, ABC. So, so don't sleep. There are people that make their mark. Um, this kid, James, I'm kind of waiting for him to like break through. Uh, there, there's been some good people at ABC. And, and actually, because now show like casts people from like TikTok and YouTube. Mm, I mean, right. it's not like, my days were 20,000 if, if you were if you were you know going saying right now i want to go on a reality show to showcase my talents are you going idol are you going on the voice are you going to america's got talent i always thought america's got talent should not allow people who sing because there's really? other singing shows and the singers always win and the comedians or whatever get screwed uh that's the best show of course because your guy simon cowell who i think america Idol definitely missed but you know if, if you're if you were coming up now 
which which avenue would you be going to try to make it? Well, make- it's funny. It's funny. Like you said, I haven't heard of anyone from ABC's uh, American Idol, but there's still such a hook to American Idol. There's such a brand. And like, okay, you can reel off the 10 biggest idols and they're they're huge big, you know? Um, and then there's like the next 10, which maybe I'm in that 10. Uh, you're in the top 10. Nah, you're huh? definitely. Well, okay, but, okay, but I'm You're definitely in the mega. top 15 to 20. That's, that's not well, even. That's like, that, thank you. And, top but, 10, top but, 10. But, 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 um, well, because no one's ever gotten Tony nominations. No one's ever done what I've done on Broadway. They might have yeah. been on Broadway, but they haven't. No one created. hosts a radio show in New York City. That's right, no, you know. Nobody does. And and, uh, and 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 whatnot. But but for me, um, the voice when it came along, I was like, wow, this is a really well-produced show. But it from day one, I told this story before. I've said this before. Um, this commentary. It was never about the contestants. It's always been about the judges and their famous, like next level famous, you know, um, careers and the red chairs. And there might even be better singers on on the voice because early on they were like, we're not doing this open call shit. They're they're casting, they're going to managers, they're going to labels, acts that haven't broke through. You know, people that were on other reality shows, they, they cast people on that show. And um, they're really good singers. And but they also they don't really do live. Everything's like pre-taped. So, you know, they might massage some of the stuff. They don't really go live live. Um, but I can't name one. And I watch this shit. I can't name one. One. One person from The Voice in 20 plus 30 seasons that's like even that could even carry Carrie Underwood's like water to the stage. You know, like not not one. Now, I know that there have been marginal country um, hits, um, but I can't name them. The only people I know, Tony Uh, Vincent and 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 and, well, Ian is because my manager represents him right and that's the only go. reason i know him to be honest right i would say i would say jordan smith too okay now i only know jordan because my song was getting played on the same serious um station. station as him so i was like oh that guy and he has such a unique sounding voice and he's like this big guy and, yeah. uh, you know, he's got this insanely high voice. So I, I as a singer, I'm like, I, I correlated that. I don't, but again, you, you know, know, Jordan, I, unless you said his name, I would have been like the guy with the high voice. You know what right. was the yeah. best, you know, what was the best show. Um, it only lasted two seasons, but it gave us great talent. X Factor. I thought Simon yeah, it, had a great show yeah. there. It's still big in the UK. Um, it's massive in the I'm UK. I'm sure why it just, didn't it pick up in the, in the United they States. They overthought it. They overthought it here, putting Kim Kardashian, she, uh, the, her Probably. sister. That yeah. was terrible. But you got Fifth and, Harmony out of it. So you bought a stars there. Yeah. Right. So I will say this. It's, it's, an, it's a longer conversation. And I've, obviously, I'm a winded guy in the first place. So, But uh, X Factor AT, that summer slot is nice. Yeah, you're not going to have as many people watching. But if you're a breakout from that, Right. Um, for whatever reason, those breakouts go very viral. Like X Factor, this girl, Rachel, 
um, that I knew has like 50 million views of her Queen song on there, Somebody to Love. She did this arrangement of that and it was, it became so viral. And it's like, yeah, they've had success with the boy bands there. You know, right. there's like a, uh, a Susan, what's her name? Susan uh, Powell. They go, go viral. Boyle. They go viral other way. Yeah. They go more viral there. They're, they have a better yeah. mechanism for that. It's all Simon. Correct. But that's when all I... Simon. You're right. He knows how to crank shit up. And uh, he, he, that's what he does. He's a promotions guy. You know, he, he's, um, he's still great. I love Simon. He's, you know, and Idol was clearly its best when it had its original judges. Oh, yeah. That first, you know, five, and they bring out the generous. You're like, what? What is she doing here? <laughs> and you know, even Cara Diaguarda, who was a very yeah. well-known singer-songwriter, not a television persona. What's Randy but, up um, to these days? Randy Jackson. Well, Randy's had. He some was on the Voice. Problems. I saw. Mm, was As, he? Like, I didn't he know that. Like, no, he not the judge, but they brought him in to like help the singers or something. Coach, I don't know. I think I think you saw him on a different show. He was in a show called. Um, finish it was like um finish the lyric finish the lyric or yeah yeah the, he was the dj i think yeah he was like the he was like the sort of musical guy but you know he would like chime in with like jane kurkowski or something he did some of that stuff he's done some commercials he's had some health problems and oh. he joined he rejoined journey um the band journey like the original um Neil Sean is the founder. Um, you know, a lot of the guys are not there anymore, but he rejoined Journey uh, and then he had health problems. So he's kind of sitting out right now. They've had like this even, you know, like their 10th resurgence journey. Uh, they were like playing Coachella. I mean, they were playing like Lollapalooza. Like they're like, there's like a whole TikTok generation that's like Journey. They don't even know who Steve Perry <laughs> is. Um, but he was playing with them. He's got plenty of dough. Uh, he did have a big divorce, so I don't know if she took uh, a lot of that American Idol cash. From, but, you know, he, he was a big time producer, songwriter. You know, he produced some huge records. I'm sure he's got that mailbox cash. But, you know, um, it's hard. Like when you see when you're that big a star for a while on such a big show, it's so hard to like even Simon, like he, I could do this. I can bring my X Factor here and I'll have the same success. You know, people like it become so familiar with idol that weren't ready for another brand you know yeah no i totally agree with that you yeah. mentioned rock of ages and mentioned your time on broadway so i i really want to get to this uh i actually saw rock of ages with my mom when it was on broadway in its run i believe it was 2011 i think it was a sophomore in college and she is very super into performing broadway theater kind of stuff like that uh we've seen stuff like rock of ages together in the Heights, uh, we've seen Avenue Q. She's uh, she's seen other stuff like Spam a lot. Uh, she went to see Jersey Boys without me, which I'm still really pissed at her about. Ah, what a but, great musical! But but yeah. you were you were and you mentioned this again before. You were uh, nominated for a Tony Award for it, so uh, you were outstanding. I, it was one of the most fun that I've ever been to a Broadway show. Obviously, I love that '80s music, that whole vibe. Uh, I thought you were outstanding. They eventually hey. made a movie about it, and the movie definitely is not as good as the Broadway show. You know, uh, put that. Yeah, I'm well, well aware. Saw the movie. That was did a not, did not hold a candle to your performance. Myth. But uh, I, I, I want to ask you, who was instrumental in setting up that opportunity for you? Yeah, you know, it's funny. After Idol, when I, if you remember, I sort of like 
free falled off the show one week, like in the top six, I was never in the bottom three. And, you know, I came out recently and said, look, I think it was probably a, a well-produced television moment. Uh, and people like there were it got picked up everywhere that I'm like, oh, he said the voting was rigged and it didn't matter. I was like, there's no way that I wasn't getting the second amount, you know, biggest amount of votes next to Karen Underwood. But whatever. Sometimes, you know, maybe people take a week off. He's fine. Whatever. I was never in the bottom three. I free falled off the show. But it ended up being a great thing for me. Right. Because it was like back in the day, you know, it was like headline of every entertainment show and like magazines it was like you know it was like a nice boost to the next chapter of my life that sort of underdog thing right like I had been an experienced performer I was on Broadway I had been in rent I went to prestigious school I had toured and it was like what's he gonna do next and you know that's when I met the original producers of Rock of Ages CAA who at the time I didn't even realize what a massive you know a, company it was and they've they've only become you know even more global and just like such a monopoly they're the biggest thing there is in entertainment they were representing me at the time and I met I met the original uh producers of the show and the show had only been like this little kind of club show that they were throwing up in, in like bars in LA and like guys like Chris Hartwick were in it, Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. Like they would like get together and like bring their own costumes and like kind of like almost like do like an improvised kind of 80s kind of, you know, kind of ironic wink at like the hair and era, right? But people would come, but it wasn't making any money. They wanted to go to Vegas and they wanted me to go with the show. And I was like, I got all this stuff going on. I have a television deal with Kelsey Grammer. ABC bought the show. I love this idea. I mean, they literally were like, this is, this is the show. It's like a mixtape. I'm like, fucking awesome, first of all. I love this. You know, I see it. And I'm actually an, an actor. You know, this is, it's not like I was on, oh, I want to do Broadway now. It's like, I grew up classically trained and I, I get this. But call me when you get to New York. Because, like, I don't want to take all the bullets for you in Vegas. Sure enough, they go to Vegas. They lose millions of dollars. Um, they have, like, 50 people in the show. The show is, like, three hours long. Somehow they keep raising money. They keep the dream alive. They come to New York. I see a staged reading of it uh, off-Broadway at New World Stages where they eventually would open the show. I would open the show off-Broadway first. And it's terrible. But I still see it. They had all these crazy people in that I knew. I'm like, he's in it? And it was like a staged reading. So that's what like, um, as it's exactly how it sounds. Like, you know, you have like your books in your hand. There's kind of a live band and you're kind of like reading through the show and doing some musical moments in the show, kind of to pitch it to, to backers and shit like that, theater owners. So I have my people call them and I'm like, I like it. That was a mess, but I like it. I want to be a part of it. So I go in and I meet with them and they never let me leave the room. They keep bringing in like girls and other actors read with me. And we build this thing again. Now they had done all this great work on it. I get that. But it became something totally new. We put the right group of people and creators in a, in a room like for a few weeks, we hammered on this book. 
on this show, on these moments, on these characters. And, you know, nobody thought we could do it. And we opened off Broadway to no fanfare. No one would even come and review the show. Wow. Weeks later, like a little mention in the Times and the Post. Um, but the word of mouth started to build. And we were giving away tickets. And people were like, this is fucking genius. The show is genius. And there was something about like me in that wannabe part. Now, granted, now I'm like 30, 32 at the time. Okay. Because I was older when I was on Idol. I was like 28, turning 29. I turned 30, like on the tour. So Drew is, is, is that guy. He's like 30, still like pushing a broom. So you're like, he's good, but oh, he still thinks he's going to make it, but he's not. But it's not about making it, right? It was about him like finding love. And so that heart was like the center of the show, right? So we built that and that's what made it like, as every review said, a legitimate artistic achievement. And, you know, we dominated the Tony Awards a few months later when we opened on Broadway. It became a global brand. It's done like in Jewish community centers. I saw it on a cruise ship. It's on in the freaking cruise ships. I mean, it's done on <laughs> tours. It's done in Seoul. It's done in dozens of different languages all over the world. And to create, you know, and originate a show like that on Broadway, that's like all time iconic, you know, like top 20 shows of all time um, to be synonymous with it has been really just wonderful. And obviously to be you know, recognized by my community, best actor and all this, and to get five Tony nominations all together for the show, a thrill, a thrill, you know? And now it's like, I'm always trying to like, like I said, live up to that, you know? It's like, they're like, well, what's next? So then, you know, I had already done Rent, I'd done The Wedding Singer. I do Rock of Ages, I do the tour, the movies and the works. I'm like, you've got every newspaper in the country. It's like, you've got to, it's got to be Constantine. That's the heart of the story. It's not a teenage Drew, like, I'm trying to make it. It's not they High School Musical. No, it's That's not what they school. tried to make it. Right. It was, <laughs> Literally, it, Adam, that movie was a big success at the time. Well, and, the, and Glee. So they tried to turn it into like Glee, but with Tom Cruise and all these famous people that have no fucking idea like what the show like about. And they changed it completely. And sure, it's found like this like late night cable audience, but they spent like $200 million on this movie and they could have spent like 20 and it could have been wonderful. Should have had but, your buddy Adam Sandler produce. He would have gotten it to be a hit. It would have been great if it was Sandler. And originally there was like a Tobey Maguire and Sand there were people like that all, all wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, and it's a bummer because now like that even that even prevented us from doing like if you've seen the Hamilton on Disney Plus, um, beautifully done, right? We, we couldn't even do that because the rights for even this filmed stage production were owned by New Line Cinema. So even the original cast is not documented with like a beautiful like filmed version of the actual play. So that blows. You know, there's some you know, bootlegs out there and stuff, but, but, you know, I met my daughter's mother, you know, and uh, although we've had a tumultuous, you know, dozen years, um, we are 
ultimately still good friends and have this beautiful kid. And she literally is like the kid in Broadway, like the Broadway baby in, in Rock of Ages. So, uh, so, you know, I'm grateful and, you know, I've gotten to produce on shows now. I got a second Tony nomination. Thank you uh, for producing uh, Spring so, Awakening. Wait, so is it, know, is so. it life imitates art or art imitates life or is it a little bit of both? It's always a little bit of both. It always is. Yeah, uh, it seems, you know, um, you, you grow up like studying acting. You're like, I, I want to do uh, characters that are so far away from me. But you always bring yourself into everything you do. And it's not bad to be typecast. You're like, oh, they always call me for like the rock show or the, the rocker. And I get that. And it's good to get those opportunities. But um I think I, uh, Phantom of the Opera is uh, where you're going to be next. I, I would love to do Phantom. They, they've I've seen Phantom a, too. Amazing well, show. It, You'd be great for that. It is an amazing show. And it, use a, it could use a kick in the ass, if you know what I mean, because it's kind of like the same old tired <laughs> right. uh, production. Right. They've brought me in a few times. I think they're scared to push that button because they think I'm going to go in and be like, nighttime shopping. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to honor the beautiful classical musical theater, legit. Hey, Jen, we need to sell our home. Do you know a great agent? I do. We just sold with a local Redfin agent. It was awesome. And we paid a 1% listing fee because we bought our new home with Redfin, too. Wow, 1%. Are Redfin agents full service? Totally. Our Redfin agent did it all, and we sold for thousands more than the home next door. I'll check out Redfin today. 1% listing fee when purchasing with Redfin subject to minimums, terms, and conditions. Does not include buyer's agent commission. Learn more at Redfin.com or call 844-759-7732. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com tenor that it should be now a lot of it is low for me not a lot very little of it is, is too low for me but i would navigate it but they're always like oh he can't sing but i can sing the top like no one's ever sung it and i could bring a real energy to it i would love to do the phantom but i think that sir andrew is just scared to push that button i think he thinks it's going to turn into a stunt okay. cast i, I, I really want to I always wanted to ask somebody who's been on Broadway. Obviously, it's different. You're in the area. But if you are working those shows there, especially when you're doing the two-a-days, uh, and people are coming from out of town, is it on you to get your own living space? Or are they putting you up at a hotel? How, how does that work? Uh, it depends. Like, if you're a star that, like, they're bringing in um, from out of town to star, like a, you know, like a movie star or something right. like Kelsey that. Kelsey likely Kelsey Grimmer, they'll, 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 they'll put him up. Uh, for 12 weeks and get an apartment and whatnot. Uh, and, and it's quite an expense, you know, it's quite an expense. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's so much overhead that goes into a Broadway show. Trust me as a producer, it's obnoxious. The union is amazing. Keep us safe. We love the local one guys and girls. Um, they are the best in the business, but they are very expensive and, and they well-deservedly so. Um, a, a show, a modest show costs, a half a million dollars a week 
to run. So you start at 500 grand in the hole, you know, and, and usually they go on up to um, 800, 900, a million. You know, when you're talking about the wardrobe and you have like all the understudies, you need to create wardrobe for all of them. And then the extra rehearsals and the, and the stage time, it's unbelievable the overhead. So, um, but most chorus people, and now a chorus contract on Broadway right now, like if you're in the ensemble, uh, a standard Broadway uh, contract, um, I think they call it the pink contract, is not a bad living for an ensemble person. I think it's like 2100 2200 a week, eight shows a week. So, you know, have like, a, and then it goes, can tear up like, okay, you cover this part, you cover that part. That's an extra 200, an extra 200. So all of a sudden an ensemble person's maybe making 2,500, 2,600, you know, and, but you're paying an agent, you know, probably 10%, maybe a manager, another 10% taxes living in New York. So, you know, it gets expensive. Now, granted a star like me, I, you know, I could, you can add a zero to that for what I would normally make, you know, to star in a show. Um, and then I'm getting like a piece of the house. I'm getting, you know, up maybe a, a equity in the show, you know? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of money to be made, but you're leaving your fucking life on the yeah. stage. Eight shows a week, bleeding, breathing, dying, and being born again every night, every, every day. Because, you know, there's that kid that's seeing you on a seven o'clock Tuesday performance that expects the Saturday night show and you have to give it to him. And I don't, I don't miss shows. Like I don't like, I'm not the, Oh, I need a matinee cover. I, no, no, I don't do that. People, a lot of people you, do. I mean, people are coming specifically to see you. So. Well, yeah. And a lot. And then, then you get the fans that come every day and they're like, are you going to miss any shows? Cause I want to see so-so go on for your part. And you're like, my fucking name, see my name up there. See my name above. Anyway. Um, but you know, there's some, there's some interesting new stuff in the works that I'm interested in and love the idea of going into like a phantom or something, but I want to do the next new thing. You know, I want the next, show i can originally how about you, know? you produce jersey shore, jersey shore the off broadway yep there you go hey now that would i be was cool. gonna say that i was gonna say that and i knew exactly what he was gonna say what i'd rather do is like maybe there's a story within like the the it's sort of like um you know mystique of like the boardwalk the early boardwalk like a boardwalk empire like that i'm interested in an adaptation of something like that or the early days I mean, you of could very easily park, adapt, music scene you could adapt something on asbury park very very easily like, like i the mean bruce the history the history of that place to is run. incredible right like the bruce story up until like he's becomes famous like if you've read his uh autobiography like he had a rough kind of interesting early life you know and um, that, you know, working class scene in the mid-century, uh, 20th century, is was a was a was a was a very uh, colorful place, you know. Yeah. And so that's a story I'm interested in, or something like that, um, something original. But everyone thinks they can do the jukebox show. They're like, oh, Aerosmith has a show. I was working with Foreigner 
um, briefly, uh, Mick Jones and their management, they want to do Jukebox Hero, but it basically reads like Rock of Ages. And it's like, guys, we this you have to throw that idea completely out the door. Like, it can't be like the guy who wants to be a rock star. It, no, that's done. We already did that. It's, it's, it's been, you can't do it better. It's done. So Queen has been trying to get We Will Rock You to Broadway for like 20 years. It's not good. And uh, the, it's about the book. It's got the book has to be great. The music, we all want to hear Queen songs. Like, but how are they navigated into a story that we care about that has heart? You know, it's hard. It's really freaking hard. Most shows fail. Just like, uh, you know, you know, it's like really hard to win the championship every year, right? Like, look how hard it's been for the Giants to get back to the Super Bowl, and ah, how hard Daniel Jones is—is uh, is, uh, is, uh, my worst nightmare. <laughs> no, he's good. I'm telling you, he's really good. I think he's gonna have—I think just as good as Josh Allen. And I'm telling you, I think Josh Allen—wow, Josh Allen's the man. Everybody, that's well. The he wasn't comparison. the man. He wasn't the man the first two years. He wasn't the man. They're running him out of town. Went to the playoffs they, the second year. But in a shit, you know, AFC, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, he, he threw more interceptions than touchdown. I mean, I, I can't even recall all the – he clearly showed that potential. Are you going to be at the, uh, you're gonna be at the home opener for the Giants? I'm playing. Playing at the tailgate, I'm, right? I have a big uh, performance. I got this party rock band called Constantine and the Frequency, right? We picked up all these, like – Jersey Shore shows, Atlantic City. And we just like, we play a lot of my originals, but often we just go out there and play like the hits, the party rock. So we got hired to play the Budweiser stage. So like literally in the shadows of MetLife, huge Budweiser stage. I'll be there from like noon to like kickoff playing with my band. So I'll be there. I'm excited. I love Joe Judge. His daughter's on my daughter's soccer team. That's he, Judge he's in New here York. In, he's got, you got all these connections. It might be. <laughs> I got all these connections. First of all, dude is huge. You see him in person, you're like, fuck, oh, man, you're huge. He's I've a massive guy. Everybody. He, I am I am a hooker. So Joe Judge, he and, gives you uh, some comp tickets? Well, he's a very quiet guy. You see him at, very rarely at soccer because obviously super is busy. It, yeah. Uh, um, but... Uh, his daughter's actually on the B team. My daughter's on the A team. So um, travel soccer around here is big, big business. And uh, he's a huge guy. And it makes you wonder, like, how he apparently got in a scuffle with the, uh, with the offensive line coach. Now, sure, that guy yeah. was massive. You read his stats. That guy was like 6'7", like 350 when he played. And he was still that big. So that might have been an interesting uh, scuffle. I would have liked to have seen that. Not a, not a lot of uh, chatter came out of that. Uh, I think he's doing the right stuff. I think he's got the right mentality. Absolutely. I think, I think we're seeing all the hate with Daniel Jones is the same hate we saw with Eli. Oh, he's goofy. He's white. He fell after literally breaking the miles per hour like record in the league <laughs> for fastest run. The guy goes 80 yards. Yeah, he tripped. Big yeah. freaking deal. He scored on the next play. He had a great rookie campaign. The second year, last year was, um, I mean, considering, right? Considering that, you know, what the, you know, what the story was and how he came in and he didn't have a line and the coaching and this and that. Last year was 
a really difficult year for anyone to be successful. Tom Brady was like running practices like on his estate with like, you know, come, you know, like these guys never got to play together. New coach. It I all comes gentleman, down to the offensive line, which is still horrible. They that's got what rid of, everyone got rid of, to talk about. They got rid of Zeitler and they didn't replace him. And it's all going to be about Barkley. If Barkley's great, they'll be good. The division's not going to be that good. They can win. Let's hope it happens. And I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, look, you know, Dallas scores a lot of points. They're pretty good. Their offensive line's not good either. Well, they. I think it'll come down to the Giants and Dallas this year. Eagles are going to be horrible. I mean, the Redskins, Giants were the Washington Football Team. uh, They won last year, but they did. They downgraded in quarterback. And they never, there hasn't been a repeat NFC's champion since like 2002. Look, the Giants were in every game last year, except for like the Buffalo game and the Cleveland game, really, right? Um, maybe the Niner game. They could have easily flipped that record in a crazy, yeah. crappy, weirdo, surreal season with a new coach and no line and no Saquon. They could have been 10 and 6. Yeah. They could have been. Judges, easily, judges right? great. All it's going to take is, you know, I'm curious for you because right now, obviously, you love Aaron Judge, but one division championship by Joe Judge, uh, he might be the the favorable judge in the sports world. It's hard to not like Aaron Judge. The guy, um, you know, when he's hot, he's incredibly um, productive. And uh, it's interesting, like, he's already, like, going to be 30. Like, the guy kind of peaked late. Like, he didn't, we didn't expect him to be the player he was. And Look, the Yankees are severely underachieving. I think the Giants underachieve. I think they could have a Kerry Collins 2000 type of season this year. That'd be great. Really good, really good defense. Great running back, you know, that's multifaceted. The line is, you know, obviously scrutinized. But I think they'll put it together. Look, they've spent draft picks on this line. Like, if they can get good wide receiver play, catch the fucking ball you know play action opens up if they can blitz and they can sack the quarterback which i think they'll get more pressure on the on the quarterbacks this year i think they could be a really good team and i, I mean they're think definitely that, gonna be they're definitely gonna be better than the jets that's for sure well look that's geez um i like i think the quarterback has got talent there wilson's um, but, great yeah but nothing around i, I think so it's weird, you know, just, they've just failed. Um, there's no defense there. It's weird. Uh, but I think the NFC lease is going to be the NFC beast. Again. I think yeah. that the Eagles are doing things in the right direction. I think uh, WFT is doing things. Yeah. They're, they're putting all the, look, that, that quarterback uh, freaking Heineke, he looked pretty freaking good last year. Now they'll figure game, him yeah. out. He yeah. looked real good. And Fitzpatrick, you know, he could either look like Hall of Fame or right. Hall of Shame. Should have kept Alex Smith. Given the week. Do you, now, do you have I any other? I think he was done, man. I think he was done. He's uh, like, I'm good, man. Obviously, you're you're doing the tailgate. What other tour dates you have here for the fall? Where are we going to be able to find you? And I'm playing this huge act called Foreigner's Journey. It's basically an extension of Rock of Ages. It's a huge uh, foreigner and journey celebration. Uh, with all these great um, guys out of Austin. Uh, we have tour dates all through the fall into the winter. We played all summer. Somehow we played sold out shows with no incidents. 
um, with COVID and everything. Uh, these guys are great. It's been an awesome gig. We have, um, we have, we're going to be September 17th, my birthday. It's nearly sold out North Shore of Music Theater. That's up in uh, uh, Massachusetts, uh, about 20 miles outside Boston. September 18th, we'll be, we'll be in Great Neck, Great Neck, Long Island at the big amphitheater. They have a huge uh, outdoor concert series they do there. Um, and on the 25th, we have a huge area show. Bergen Pack, Bergen Performing Arts Center, Englewood, New Jersey. Me with Foreigner's Journey. It's my homecoming show. Uh, I've been trying to get them more into like, you know, the New York, New Jersey area, more East Coast states because they're really well known in New England. They do like live nation shows and everything. That's a big show. So ConstantineMaroulis.com. Get your tickets. Bring your mom. I'm her favorite American <laughs> Idol finalist. Come hear me wail some Journey, some Foreigner. I got the tight pants. We got hot dancers. We're going to do a little Rock of Ages stuff in the encore. It's going to be a great show. But my new album is out. My latest album is called Until I'm Wanted. Actually, I have a copy of it here for you guys. Yeah. Uh, and this is a compact disc, a compact yeah. disc. It's starting to catch on. They still make this. And if, if you don't have a CD player, it's good for like home invasion. You can take out someone's <laughs> eye. You can take out an eye. But it's all available on Spotify, Apple Music, my most recent album, Until I'm Wanted. So that's a good time. And we got the radio show, man. It's been awesome. You know, uh, 90 minutes in, we finally get to talk about your radio show. Oh, my God. I know. I Saturday Night I'm Rocks. Like, that's right. I um, do. And uh, I love it. I love it. To start a radio show in the biggest market on one of the biggest stations in the country in my mid forties uh, is, is, is pretty hard. It's pretty hard to do. And it all happens so fast and it's been great. Now the WABC legendary call letters, uh, they lean real heavy into the, you know, news talk radio, but on the weekends, we're really trying to hip uh, things up a little bit with, with music radio, 77 WABC. And yeah, my show Saturday night rocks. Uh, it's uh, cause Saturday night rocks. Uh, it's seven eighties, nineties. I talk, we do pop culture. We have great guests. Um, you know, this week on the show, we do like a great tribute to nine 11, um, you know, um, fallen. And uh, of course my cousin Constantine, uh, that I lost in the towers. Uh, this week we have Mark McGrath from sugar Ray blues traveler on the show. Uh, so it's every Saturday, or you can go to WABCmusicradio.com. You can listen to the archived shows. Uh, it's a lot at 5 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern every Saturday, taking you all the way, Cousin Bruce say. So WABC, musicradio.com. Cousin Bruce is 109 years old, but he still gets, you know, a great audience. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. They basically just let me do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, I and, was going uh, to bring up Mark McGrath because I listened to him on, on Sirius and now he's doing a lot of other stuff like, Oh, he uh, does everything. So, so when you when you got the, the the radio gig, like was he one of the first ones off the, the top of your head who you were like, you know, I got to go to him, maybe try to reach out to him, try to see if I could contact him for you know any advice or stuff or like because oh, he's been on the radio for a long time and he's one of my favorite guys to listen to and oh, it's funny you mentioned it. 
he's a musical genius, like yes. with musical knowledge. It's, it's, I, heard, no, yeah, I was going to say his, his IQ, like his music IQ is through the, the he's like a chart. savant. He's yeah. a total savant. He used to host that show. Don't forget the lyrics, which I was on. He was the guest judge. My American Idol audition. Look it up. He was there. He's like, yeah, I think the chicks are going to really like this guy. And uh, he swayed Simon and uh, it's already like three to one anyhow. So um, so he and I go way, way, way back. We do a thing called the Band of Merrymakers, which is like celebrity driven, like Christmas act of all these like famous singers and songwriters. And uh, we do like the Today Show, put out Christmas songs. Uh, check it out. The Band of Merrymakers. Sam Hollander, like amazing hit songwriter dear friend of mine kevin from better than ezra um uh mark lisa loeb uh you know uh, guys from neon trees you know just an awesome act and we do it all musicians on call a great organization that helps out you know artists in need and uh we have a lot of fun so we have a lot to catch up on and yeah he is like a freak we've done a, a bunch of shows together he has like he he shut down music jeopardy like used to be a show and he he won for so many weeks that they just <laughs> basically had to stop the show that like, we can't no one can beat him so he's like stuff to schwab and then we have can't fool mcgrath exactly exactly so uh, he's a good guy so we have some great on the show we do um some great stuff with peloton uh we have great um you know outside uh the box sort of guests on the show we do karaoke with Constantine where I bring in you know a sort of a surprise guest each week to like you know trade bars with me and uh, we do some fun stuff with the stonewashed uh, benchmark which is like a throwback sort of stony kind of moment in the show they let me do whatever the hell I want it's pretty cool now my contract's <laughs> up in a few weeks so I'm hoping to stay Come on, John Katz, Matthias, I got a little meeting with him next week. You got to show me the, uh, the baklava, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, we hope you guys everything are the best. Works out. Yeah, no, we hope everything works out for the best. And I want to say this was so much fun. Uh, we, we went a really long time, but honestly, it, it felt like we were just like hanging out with a friend. Uh, well, thank you. This was really, really fun. You were incredibly knowledgeable. Well, Sports, music. Uh, your connects are insane. Uh, again, this was so much fun. And what we do here is you've already did your whole little promotional bit. So uh, we always give our last words to our guests. So I always cool. say if there's anything else you would like to share or promote. But again, you know, you're a very personable guy. Uh, Thank you. You seem very humble. You seem like you're type of guy that I know you don't drink, but, you know, they always say you know, the type of guy you would want to beer with. Um, yeah. You know, but the yeah, thing was like, if there's anything else you would like to share or promote, you know, go look, ahead. The floor is all yours. Thanks again for doing this with us. Constantly. No, thank you guys for having me. This is a great show. Great vibe for sure. Look, there's so much going on in the world right now. Um, the performing arts needs your support. You know, we've had a rough couple of years. I would love your support at my live shows, of course. But if not mine, ConstantineMaroulis.com, where you can see all my tour dates. Go support a local theater or uh, an emerging artist uh, go check out a band you know go to broadway go get a ticket go tkts or go see a community theater show arts are so important to the kids to our growth to the sort of connective tissue that brings us all together you know and artists 
uh, say and and do a lot of dumb shit um, a lot. And we're in this such a such a, 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 a difficult climate, you know, socially and politically. But um, go support the arts, you know, at the schools, you know, um, the local level. We, we appreciate you. Um, and uh, and I think you need it too. You know, everyone, uh, we love sports. I love sports more than anyone, but it's nice to just take your girl to go see a show, you know, and uh, I'd love your support. I got some great shows coming up. I, I think you'll love the radio show as well. We have a great time. Um, and follow me on socials at Constantine Maroulis on Instagram. I love to go at it. People on there and a lot of talk, uh, talk a lot of shit. And um, we have a good time. But, uh, you know, shout out to all the great teachers out there. Let's have a great school year. All the parents working overtime, you know, to keep the kids safe. And, uh, you know, let's just stay safe, man. We are not through this thing. No matter how you feel, we're not through this. I lost one of my best friends in the world. You know, he was in a coma for 50 days and, uh, you know, I'll never see him again. And, uh, you know, he leaves behind a, a beautiful son and a beautiful wife. And I don't want that for anyone out there. You know, now, granted, that was early on during this whole thing. Um, you know, uh, probably the likelihood of us getting sick and that happening to any of us, you know, uh, we have much better chances now. But I don't want that for you. I just I just want to go back to work. I just want to be able to hang out with everyone again and we're not through this. So let's just be smart and safe and God bless everyone. I, I never was in recovery or anything like that. I just made a life choice a couple of years ago to stop drinking, stop doing drugs. And, and it's been pretty cool. A couple of years later, I still get plenty of high on stage and plenty of girls out there to keep me rock, rocking and rolling. Somehow they still like the kid. The wig is holding up. You know, every, that wig that. is holding the wig is holding up nice, uh, you know, and uh, we keep rolling and we keep rocking. But thank you guys for having me. You're the best. Yeah, we appreciate Constantine and you know, spoken right there. Maybe like a politician, who knows? Maybe you'll be the next Clay Aiken. And, uh, Let's go. I tried to off. support Clay. I tried to support him in his uh, endeavor there. But, you know, uh, maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. One day. All right, Constantine, it's been a real pleasure. We hope to see you. Uh, Insta Island at some point when you're going to perform oh, yeah. at the new place for John Katz Matitas, or who knows, maybe Joe and I will be joining you at the radio station. But I would like that. That's going to do here for this episode of Be Down Right for our very special awesome guest, Constantine Maroulis, and my co host, yeah. Joe Calabrese. I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Every day, Thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.